Speak between the lines podcast. The shit that's uncool to talk about, we make cool to listen to. There we go. All right. <laughs> we back live. Nah, no problem. No problem. All right, man. Speak between the lines podcast, episode 116. It's your boy, Young Res. Join with J Rock. Uh, we are back um, for another week. And uh, King Abe, unfortunately, uh, won't be able to make it uh, today. He is celebrating Father's Day. Uh, I appreciate it. We need we need to talk about that for a second. Normally, Father's Day don't they don't get the love that that they so desire. So, shout out to to Mrs. Abe for actually not only celebrating yesterday, but taking mm. time out today to celebrate the value of a good father. So, shout out to you, Miss Abe. Showing, showing you how to really do it, right? Miss mm-hmm. A is setting a standard. Right, now this we got to get everybody else to catch on. Um, Yeah, good luck with that. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I saw a meme. Um, I saw a meme today where, um, what was it? Uh, it was um, when you do everything to help her raise her children, but she still posts the baby daddy anyway. <laughs> God! It's tough, man. What that's sick. That's tough. Yeah, it, that's a cold world, bro. It, it's hard out here. It's hard. Man, could you imagine 18 years and then you get to <laughs> shout out to the baby daddy? <laughs> that and and I mean, like, you know, it's a lot of guys out here that are trying to help, you know, young ladies with their children and they're dating, you know, women who already have children. You know, yeah. they stepping up for the father and then <laughs> they, they don't get the shot. That's tough. That's tough. Man, <laughs> it's gotta be the bottom 20 in holidays. Oh, I think hold on. You know what? We could probably we could probably rank those. Like, all right, so holiday-wise, we we got what? Definitely got Christmas. That's top tier. Yeah, Christmas, Mother's Day. Top tier. Um, let's see. Thanksgiving's over over. Thanksgiving's uh Thanksgiving, fourth of July. Yeah, but those two are higher rated than Mother's Day. So, I mean, I'm saying this in general. Yeah, all, all these would be both. I'll say, hell, I think even Halloween's over. Halloween's over Father's Day. Commercial Halloween. Line. Halloween is definitely over Father's Day. Uh, I think if we're going a tier list, it'd probably be, it'd probably be um, Thanksgiving. No, no, Christmas is number one. Christmas number one. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Halloween. No, no, no. Fourth of July. Fourth of July is bigger than Halloween. Uh, I mm, I was well. I would say Halloween because it's more. It could be global. Over the Fourth of July, we say that because okay. we're here. Because we're okay. in America. I got you. So see, so, yeah, so Fourth of July. They celebrate Halloween in other countries. I thought I they had like Day of the Dead or something like that. Something different. I mean, I I don't doubt it. Mm. And uh, King Abe, unfortunately, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> MLK. But we ain't off for that. Like, I mean, we should be off for that. I mean, honestly, like, I've been taking off, and I said this last week, I've been taking off of MLK for, like, three years just because I don't believe black people should work on the MLK. But, I mean, does it really count on that scale if you're not off? Well, I mean, you're off in school. Touche. And then if you work for the government. Yeah. So That's like crazy. yeah, yeah, the, the gov- yeah. Wait, wait. The government that assassinated MLK gets off while everybody else that he was fighting for goes. Oh man, sounds about right. Sounds like American. Wow. Movie. 
That's yeah. Then you have your your whole all all your eight uh, government all day. So it's already bottom eight. Then everything else. So yeah, we're at least at like thirteen. That's tough, bro. That's tough. Smokey said. Uh, Smokey Norfolk said he saw uh, a Netflix comedian say Father's Day is like the sixteenth ranked holiday. Uh, yeah. I want to say that it was Ali Sadiq. I, I'm with you. He's fire. He's fire. Um, yeah, I think Father's Day is probably the low. I, can you think of a holiday that's lower ranked than Father's Day? Maybe Labor Day. No, I Labor, like Day, no Labor Day's bigger. Single de Mayo is over Father's Day. You ain't you ain't kidding because people hit the bar hard. Yeah, wow. No matter might, what race you is, we might have the lowest rated holiday. That moment when you're becoming a father and you realize, (laughs) (laughs) dang, wow. All right. Well, we're starting off on a positive note. (laughs) Hey, you still got another week. You got, hey, you got another week. Good. That's crazy. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I got a week left. You know, we, we, we are on the final countdown. So, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, yes, my children uh, should be here. God say the same uh, next Monday. And so I will be gone for a minute. Uh, so I appreciate y'all for, you know, all the love that y'all have given me and, uh, you know, all the support that you guys have given the podcast. The podcast is still going to be going on. J-Rock and Ava are going to be holding it down. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be out. Hold on. B.C. Randolph said, dang, uh, is Father's Day above Labor Day? I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. Nah, I don't, I don't think we beating Labor Day, bro. Nah, head, head to head, nah. Co- commercial for commercial, I don't nah. think we. I don't think we gonna make it. Hey, appreciate you, appreciate you, Stanfield, man. But um, yeah, dude. Um, the kiddos to be here. Uh, we actually just um left the hospital maybe a couple hours ago just for you know a follow up. So we're gonna be we're gonna be pretty much yeah, seeing man. the doctor all week. Um, so it's a lot of stuff that we got to do, like. Jesus, we might be at the doctor like one, two, three, maybe like four times, four different days this week, just getting ready. Are, are uh, you, do y'all already have everything packed up to where if something happens, you know, it's just one bag, grab it, get in the car and, and head, out, head out to the hospital? Yeah, yeah. We packed maybe like three weeks ago. Okay, okay. Three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've been, we've been ready. We got the fire stick. We got the PlayStation. We got the clothes. We got the... We got, we got everything, bro. We got everything. Okay. That's the bet. Yeah. Yeah, we ready to go, man. We ready to go. But um, I don't know. Wins and losses? Dubs and nails? Absolutely. So this week, uh, I got a dub. All right. Shoot. Last of Us Part 2. Man. Oh, is that a dub? Man, so far, so... Is okay, so Last of Us Part One, right? Right, in the first 15 minutes, tears. This game, it, it takes you longer to get there, but within the first hour, tears. But so far, what I played yeah. is I'm not gonna spoil anything, but the Joel and Ellie aspect of part one, yeah. By the time I got done with the game, it's like you know what? I wouldn't be mad if I had a daughter right now. Wow. Because because normally 
because normally you see yourself as the main character. So when you got this little girl that you have to protect the whole game right. following you, and then the way that the game is set up is like it makes you feel something. Right. This one, I just it doesn't have that same aspect of it. It's st- it still has as far as gameplay and the suspense element, all that's still there. Right. But it doesn't have that original. It's it's hard to top that original feeling, especially when you think you was gonna get it. Yeah, I heard. Uh, escort games used to be trash. The which one? Escort games. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those are the worst. The escort mission games. Yeah, mm-hmm. those be the worst. But um, yeah, I heard the I heard the Ellie and Joel dynamic is pretty weak on this one. Um, until you know what happens. Happen yeah. now. I'm not gonna lie. That's brutal, that bro. dynamic is there during that first hour. Yeah. Then when it goes to different directions, like okay, I'm 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 gonna play it because you already spent the money on it. Right. I, I've seen a lot of people doing reviews and they had to turn the game off at that point. Like they literally like either turned the game off. Some people quit. Some people said they don't want to play it no more. Some people were like, "Oh, I, I definitely said down for me. Yeah. I, I just said down for me because you you don't expect that twist that early, right?" And then the way it happens, it's like ugh. it's brutal, bro. I watched it for the first time today, and I was just like, "Yeah, yeah." I don't want to spoil it for the gamers out there, but I'm pretty sure y'all can probably figure it out. It's it's been it's been people been talking about it for a couple months. Oh man, oh man, it's it's been spoiled for a minute. I, I stayed away from the spoilers, but yeah, <sighs> it is what it is. Gotcha. Well, I caught a dub this week. Um, you know, I went down to uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, to pick up my dad, and so. I've been getting to hang out with my dad all weekend. I picked him up Saturday. We barbecued Saturday. Mm-hmm. Actually, hold up. Did we barbecue Saturday? No, we, we made catfish uh, Saturday. We barbecued. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He he brought the catfish down from Louisiana, so we made that uh, Saturday, and then we barbecued like, oh, like a ton of chicken uh, yesterday. Uh, so that was that was sick because, you know, he's a chef. He used to be a chef in the military. So oh, was he, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he he's like teaching me the tricks of the trade. We um, I'm not I'm not really good at barbecuing, and so he's really schooling me to the game. Like me and my brother, uh, we're actually gonna get together this weekend to do a barbecue because he's not really good at barbecuing. I'm not really good at barbecuing, and so we're just gonna make it a you know a good bonding experience. And so he's gonna be here when the kids get here. Uh, nice. So yeah, it was a dub. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm glad he's here. Okay, okay. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. So that's actually a perfect segue with speaking of your father, um, since Father's Day was yesterday. And um I I, I, I did you watch the uh the red table talk with Will and Jada? Wait, what? No, when happened? It it happened yesterday. That they, they had a Father's Day edition with just him and her. Wow. And uh, I watched it, and it was definitely dope. But uh, the one thing that they asked, I want to ask uh, ask you about it real quick. Um, I, I know that with growing up, it was different because uh, yeah. your father was in out your life. But looking back on it, what would be the one thing you say that your dad's superpower was that the one thing that when you looked up to him, you knew that this is you know this is who your dad is, or what was he known for? Uh, what type of impact they made for you? So two things um, would be, I would say would be his superpower. One was um, strength. Like my my dad was chiseled. 
So, you know, even though my my mom and dad separated uh, when I was probably like in fifth grade, like he was always consistently, you know, rolling up and checking on us. What up? What up, Landis? What up, B-Woods? Uh, he was always, you know, rolling up to uh, Texas. You know, he would drive down and still check on me, especially when I like acted up in school and stuff like that. You know, he'd come uh, have a talk with me. But one of his superpowers was just like super strength. That dude was chiseled. Like, like he's probably the most swole person I had seen prior to The Rock. Like, Yikes. He, yeah, he was like diesel. It was crazy. I remember one time, uh, and me and him joke about this all the time. We went to the Barksdale uh, Barksdale Air Force Base in Louisiana in Shreveport. Mm-hmm. We went to this bowling alley because that's what we did as father son all the time. And this girl rolled up on him and she had to be like maybe 26, something like that. My mm-hmm. dad's in his 40s and everything like that. And she's trying to holler at him. It makes sense. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, girl, I'm older to be your, your dad for real. Like, you know, and so I always respected the fact that he he just never he never looked his age like he was just that like chiseled and that that big. Now, obviously, I didn't get that. You know, he he worked <laughs> he worked out way more than I did. But you Military, know, I get it. Yeah, but I got I got the youth aspect of it. But no, nah, man. So that part, and then honestly, um, uh, probably integrity because out of our whole relationship, I've never seen him like talk down on nobody. Like, mm-hmm. well, okay, let me let me amend that. I've seen him talk down on someone like he didn't agree with, you know, like Trump. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, but who, who does that? Who's not doing that right now? Mm-hmm. But um, he's probably the most positive person I've ever seen in my life. I, I would I would say that's his superpower. He's the most positive person I've ever seen in my life. Like, you would never think that he ever said a cuss word, like it's crazy. So um, that would be the two things, like strength and positivity. Okay. So, like, for me, it was – it's weird because uh, I have my dad and my stepdad. So mm-hmm. for my dad, it was um, – he gave me permission to be, uh, to fight for myself, right? So um, i give an example. When I was in elementary school, I was a kid that – uh, I, I, had, I had this one kid bullied me all the time, and my thing was I didn't want to hurt him mm. because I didn't know what I, you know, what I could do with things like that nature. So uh, I always had aspect I never wanted to fight back because I never wanted to hurt anybody. And then um, I still remember to this day we was over at my grandmother's house, and my dad is like, "No, you have to fight," and he's holding me back to where mm. I can do nothing. He's having me pinned against the wall to show me that. Sometimes you have to push your way out of the situation. Sometimes no. there, there is no other option, but you have to fight back. Right. And um, eventually, um, moving forward, I end up having to fight the bully. And then, as, as we all know, that's the end of that situation. So so take me through that. How did that end up? Like, you know, how did that, how did that work out when you met, had a confrontation? Man, so, you know, as kids, it's not, it's not really fighting. It's just a bunch of pushing and maybe a couple of hits. Mm. I just squared up on them. A hook to the face. And that was it. You were throwing hooks? How old were you? Well, elementary school. But it, it's not no professional hook. But it, when you look back on it, 
you feel like Muhammad Ali at the time. You, you thought it was a straight. You thought it was a jab, but it was actually you was, you was <laughs> wow, wow now. <laughs> Heck nah, cold world. That's what's up. Okay, so so permission to the fight. Yeah, oh. and then uh, for my for my stepdad is he was the one who showed who showed me value in who I was. So as being the baby, I always got hand-me-downs, things like that. So I really got stuff new. Right. And then with my stepdad, it's like, no, you're going to take him shop. He's going to get everything new for this year. And so he showed me that value that it doesn't matter first, second, third, fourth, or wherever you fall into place, you have value. Right. Uh, so it's like it's crazy because like when when I look at uh both my dads, uh, uh I'm I'm a big movie buff. So I see my my biological dad as John Q. Right. As a dad who would do anything for you. He has you know he has love and he'll do anything for you. Right. But I have my stepdad as the uh what's the name of that movie? It's the dental the, the football movie from Denzel. Oh uh remember the Titans. Remember yeah, remember the Titans, yeah. So I have that I have that version, my stepdad who actually taught me, who motivated me, who showed me how to lead. Dang, boy, you had two Denzels? That's 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 a win, bro. Boy, hey, I, I, I was blessed. Hmm. I wonder who my dad would be. That's interesting. I might I might ponder that for a while. But uh for everybody in the chat, man, uh happy Father's Day to you all. Uh anybody listening to the podcast, obviously not everybody's gonna see this live. So happy Father's Day to all the uh, you know, all the fathers that listen to us and support us and rock with us. We appreciate y'all as well. So, you know, shout out. But yeah, that's dope, man. Two 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 Denzels. That's it's pretty good. Absolutely. Hmm. I wonder what A's uh I wonder what A's win would have been this week. Oh well, he's his yeah, he got taken out. Yeah, he got taken out. He got to. Hey, actually, let me ask like anybody in the chat. Did your spouse take you out? Like, what 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 was your Father's Day like? Somebody, you know, put in the chat what what y'all got for y'all Father's Day? Because I'm I'm a little curious on on the temperature in the room and like how this actually went. Because we had a discussion of Father's Day probably being the lowest rated holiday. Mm-hmm. Out of order, at least the lowest tier holiday out of everything. Wait, are we? Are we not over Easter? I just thought about no, that. No, yeah, we ain't got not that. Even close to Easter. Yeah, yeah, we ain't got that. Ain't no, ain't no really stupid holidays. We ain't got Memorial Day. Nope, we ain't beating well, that. I, I don't even know what Arbor Day is. So, what is a? So when he said it, I said Labor Day. BC for real, man. No. I, I said Labor Day. I just assumed. That right. Was, was, He's was, like, man, he, yo, he definitely he definitely forgot the age. He we got one. Got the age. <laughs> we, we got one. Uh, we uh, we got um, we got um, Groundhog Day. We beating that. We beating that. We beating Groundhog Day. Yeah, for the most part. Is that holiday? Does that count? I don't know if it if it's. Well, we ain't I, I don't know what Groundhog Day really is, but. Yeah, we it's the time okay. every year, but everybody know about it. Yeah, everybody yeah. looking for them. Flag day. Hey, Smokey, what's flag day? He said we just had flag day last Saturday. What's that? Am I tripping? I'm about to say I, I know the fourth coming up. I don't know what that is, but I know Juneteenth was uh Friday, but I don't know what flag day is. That's that's on that's new to me. 
Oh, Juneteenth is uh that's gonna be that's gonna be a tier in the tier. It's gonna be above Father's Day too. Right now it's yeah. above Father's Day because people don't know about it, but after this year, it's probably it's <laughs> Juneteenth gonna take us. Hey, my dad's in the chat. He said, "Tell it like it is." I'm watching how you guys operate. You both are speaking from your heart. That's what's up. That's what's Appreciate up. Appreciate it, sir. Appreciate you. But um, yeah, man, we gotta we gotta sign a petition or start a movement. Also, like we gotta get Father's Day like up at the upper echelon. We we struggling on that one. Mm-hmm. We need we need the ladies to, to pioneer that one, please. So, all right, man. So, um, you want to go ahead and jump into um, uncomfortable truth, or you want to absolutely and oh, and right on cue. Look at this guy. Definitely want to appreciate you for joining us again, good sir. How y'all doing, man? Y'all Mike. doing good, man. Good, good, fantastic. My God, hey, appreciate you, boss. Appreciate you for coming through, no, man. No problem, man. No problem at all. So we were actually just about to get into uncomfortable truth. That's crazy timing. Um. So for anybody who hasn't seen Uncomfortable Truth, uh, this is a documentary that came out uh, in 2017. It's basically about a, a gentleman who was the son of a civil rights activist who uh, wanted to put a documentary together uh, in regards to all of the things that have happened uh, in America from pretty much its inception going forward. Uh, that's pretty much been you know, an attack on the black race, whether that's slavery, whether that's Jim Crow, whether that's different policies that have gone forth, whether that's um, oh, what was that? The GI Bill, the the war mm-hmm. war on drugs. Like, I mean, it's a it's a lot, bro. Um, so if you haven't gotten a chance to see that, uh, I definitely recommend that, especially right now when people are really open to uh, learning about you know the history of you know pretty much the plight of black America. I don't even know another way to say that. Like just all of the things that black Americans struggle with. I think that is, I would say it's a good, good start uh, to just kind of get a little bit of information in regards to what, how high the deck has been stacked, but I'm not sure. uh, Mike rock. Did y'all both get a chance to see it or. Oh yeah. I made sure I watched it. Mm -hmm. Definitely got a chance to watch it. Uh, For those who don't know the documentary is talking about, it is on Amazon prime videos, right? Well, Amazon video. So if you have Amazon prime, you can watch it. So yeah, pretty sure everybody has Amazon nowadays. Either that or fire stick or however, you know, yeah. However you you want to do it. Support the official release, but you know, (laughs) but uh, what were your first thoughts? Um, I guess coming out of it. Um, so for me, is going look, looking at the history of it, right? Mm. So, uh, and the, the, they get to it about towards the middle, towards the end of what, when you realize that the original settlers came here because they were being they were being persecuted. They didn't have religious freedoms, and they didn't have all the freedoms that they wanted. Right. So when they got here, the first thing they did is they started murdering the, the Native Americans because they wanted what they had. And then once expansion came, they got free labor, so they had slavery. So then they labeled us as less than human. And mm-hmm. then once the South, who had the majority of slavery, wanted more rep- more representation, even though we weren't in the Constitution, it was only white men who were actually considered all men are created equals only white men, wh- white women. So then when the South wanted more representation, they had a compromise where we would count slaves as three fifths of a person, but they're still considered property. 
Mm. Then once the Emancipation Proclamation happened, then you had the introduction of Jim Crow. Then you had laws against voting. Then you had all these other systematic things that happened. So when you look at it and when you have all these people point to, well, you should have so much pride for the flag, this flag never stood for us. When the flag was created, it wasn't meant for slaves. It wasn't meant for African-American. It wasn't meant for Native Americans. The flag was literally only meant for the 13 colonists. Period. Bars. Bars. Hold on. I'm shooting y'all. Uh, I'm shoot, shooting you the link. Uh, if you can, can you put that in the chat? That way, if somebody else wants to... Um, I got take it. a look at it. Yeah, they can actually um, view it themselves. But uh, Mike, what were your thoughts coming out? I think the thing that stuck out most to me was watching this white man have to deal with the realization that his family was a part of the, mm-hmm. the foundation mm-hmm. of white supremacy and propagated it throughout the country. His great, great, his third or fourth great grandfather was in the House of Burgess. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it don't get no, it don't, it don't get no more uh, from the from the from the beginning than that. So I, that's a, I think that was the one thing I took away from it. And then for ha- him to have the flex- flexibility to acknowledge, you know, facts right. uh, that consisted of everything that J Rock just mentioned uh, and to own it. And to, and to also own that white people are the only people that can end it. Right. Uh, I, it gave me some hope, a little bit of hope, just a glimmer, but hope nonetheless. So, yeah, I think, well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. My initial reaction was anger. I had a lot of anger just watching that because it was just, it was like gut punch after bu- gut punch. I'm not mm-hmm. even going to lie, bro. Like it, it, whoo. It was it was tough, man. But I think I think honestly, I was encouraged from the standpoint that he is a white man that, like you said, could acknowledge that he came up because of the system that's in place in America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if he can do that, then I know a lot of people can. Like a, and a majority, lot of and a lot yeah. have, yeah, right. a lot have, yeah. And I think I think that's the the overall, I think most positive point I could take from it because you know throughout all that darkness, like he was able to accept that not only did he come from a family that actually owned slaves that you know actually promoted this system, uh, his what do you say his mom? Uh, I think she became a millionaire. Uh, grandma, his grandma, grandma. The grandma became a millionaire and it wasn't because she was talented. It wasn't because she was smart. It's basically because she was a she was a sharecropper in the right color. And the system had Mm -hmm. set itself up GI Bill and all that other stuff to basically give them a leg up. That's right. And I I took no I took a few notes on here. One of the things that kind of stuck out to me. Hold on. Let me see if I can get that real quick. People don't understand how they benefited. From the system mm-hmm. um, when when he broke that down in regards to how the gi bill was set up how 99.9 percent of people that got access to uh the benefits of it were white and 
basically that set them up to profit and where they don't have to compete. So like, mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. you're working a job. Yes, you've gotten this title uh, and you're basically, you know, you have a high corporate position, but a lot of times you didn't have to compete against the best. You basically had to compete against who was allowed to be on the playing field. Right. Which is where we get the term white mediocrity. They don't mm-hmm. have to be really good at anything. Mm-hmm. They can be okay at it because the competition was minimal at best. Right. In most cases. Right. Um, yeah. So I agree a hundred percent. So let, let's go, let's go, I guess, piece by piece. Um, is there any place y'all want to start? Anything that stuck out to you individually? Cause I got a few places, but I wanted to open it up. Well, I think what, what was said was important, but what was left out was equally important. Okay. Sure. Um, and more specifically, he talked about the GI bill and they talked about redlining a little bit. Mm-hmm. They did. Lightly. But what, but what they left out, lightly, yes, very lightly. But what they left out, in my opinion, which is more important than both of those things, is that every social program we had originally started out just for white people. Mm. So everything that they say that black people take advantage of now, uh, be it food stamps. Um, Unemployment. All of that. Yep. That was all for white people first. Right. Black people were an afterthought when it came to those components. Um, and, and specifically, there is a program uh, that everyone, anybody with a disability can access um, through the federal government. The states operate it. They get federal funds for it. And it's Department of Re- the, the Department of Rehabilitative Services. Anybody with a disability can take advantage of that program and benefit from it. It's really a, a really good program if you live with a disability. Mm. It was originally in its inception, it was started for white soldiers coming back from World War One. Wow. Welfare as we know it now was originally for white women who were the wives of these soldiers that were gone. Welfare was never for black people, actually <laughs> white sense. folks, all of it, the whole mm. nine yards. But now we're demonized for using it. <laughs> Irony. So that I thought that part was left out, and I thought that it was that was a cogent point that they could have made, and maybe they left it on the cutting room floor. I don't know because they did cover a lot. Um, that right. was one thing I thought was left out that dovetails with everything they were talking about, specifically the GI Bill, specifically redlining. Uh, all of that, in my opinion, goes together. So. That was a glaring omission, but I, it didn't seem purpose, purposeful and it didn't take away from the message. The message. Yes. Yeah. I think um, I think that's been a conversation I've had with a couple people is the fact that you got these programs where it's like welfare, like they make black people the face of welfare, even though a smaller percentage of us are on welfare than white people. Twenty two percent of the participants are on welfare are black. Twenty two percent. That's the most recent stat. Actually, that was the stat from the movie, matter of fact. It was the same stat. Oh, yeah. There you go. So what? 22% of us are black, but yet anytime people say welfare, they've conditioned us and they try to market it where it's the black people. It's, That's it's, right. it's the black woman with two, three, four kids, mm-hmm. you know, in the, standing in line with the wick check or the, in the milk and all that. Right. Know, man. Right. Who don't want to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who trying to gain yeah, the, the government. Right. Right. Um. Good point. No, go, go. That that is that that um they mentioned in there 
this is another thing that I thought was interesting. They went, mentioned, and you brought this up last week, when George Bush mentioned that Michael Dukakis would open up the prisons. So mm-hmm. they, they're using that black fear. Ronald Reagan did the same thing with the welfare queen. Mm. There was a woman in Chicago. I think she had about eight kids that was game in the system. So they say, I mean, she, maybe she was taking advantage of it. Maybe she wasn't. And she was black and she was the poster child for welfare reform. Mm. So they use wow. that fear for votes. It mobilizes the base. Uh, and ultimately that fear is based in, in my opinion, um, the idea that we would want revenge. That's the biggest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ancestors yep. were treated when I don't know very many black people that even talk like that. We just want to be treated fairly. That's all we're asking for is don't kill me. How about you don't kill me? We asking people not to kill us instead of saying, right. when you take one of ours, we're going to take one of yours. That's not what we're doing. Right. How about just treat us the way you said you was going to treat everybody when the thing started? So I think that 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 fear, that white fear of black aggression uh, that doesn't really exist is what motivates. And they use it. Welfare, the Dukakis issue. Trump is using it literally right now. Right now. Literally. Mm-hmm. It has yeah. it hasn't changed. So. So it's kind of it's kind of funny you brought that up because uh, so one of the notes I put on there was when they were talking about the war on uh, crack and war on drugs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they said um, the gentleman said they didn't even arrest the cocaine people. So like on Wall Street, dealers would distribute. They'll bring it in there. They'll be in their suits. They never got arrested or anything like that. Pretty much when Richard Nixon announced the war on drugs, there wasn't even a drug problem in the country. Like right. incarceration rates were on the decline. Right. They pretty much admitted that it was about going after hippies and civil rights activists. And um, I remember the CIA, uh, they said the CIA even admitted that they were allowing sales to be done in certain inner city neighborhoods mm-hmm. to fund a covert operation in, in Nicaragua. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's let's expand on those topics. I'll, we'll start with the last one first. Sure. Um, if you guys are familiar with Freeway Ricky Ross, that's what mm-hmm. they're talking about. Mm. Freeway Rick had a connection from Nicaragua, who was a CIA, who was known by the CIA. So, in order for the Nicaraguans to get cash, the 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 um, this Antonio Blandon would take dope from Nicaragua, give it to Ricky. Ricky would give Blandon the money. Mm. Blandon would go buy the arms get the arms back to Nicaragua and the CIA was totally and utterly aware and allowed the shit to go down. Wow. And it, he had a, a CIA handler, the whole nine yards. So when freeway Rick got arrested the first time he dealt with whatever he got out of jail, he ended up going to Ohio. If I remember the story correctly, started mm-hmm. back up, but they never arrested Blandone because Blandone basically was allowed to do it by the CIA so they could fund the, mm-hmm. um, the Contra movement in Nicaragua. There's the Sandinistas and the Contras, if I remember this right. I, I remember being a child hearing about all of this. And right. if you want some on-the-record information, check out the Oliver North trial. That's what that shit was all about. The Oliver North Senate hearing. So that's that's that part. Um, wow. The component before that, that, what were you saying? You said that was the, the drugs. What was the point you made before that? So uh, right before that, um, you talking about when Nixon announced uh, the Nixon, drug, there wasn't even a drug yes, problem. Yeah, there was not a drug problem. So that's a twofold issue. Nixon 
needed a way to attack black folk without saying we're attacking black folk because it wasn't fashionable at that time. Right. Uh, and before his, and I can't remember who this guy, I can't remember this guy's name, but the, one of the guys who came up with the program uh, admitted that it was to target black people. And they said, how can we target black people without saying we're targeting black people? So they use mm-hmm. the war on drugs. But you say, well, where do you, what do you base that on? Because black people don't, don't historically use drugs at any greater rate than white folks. If right. you look at why cocaine is illegal, if you look at why marijuana is illegal, both of those drugs are schedule ones because there was a campaign based on black people getting high on either marijuana or cocaine. They were going to go out, rape white women, kill everybody. So we yep. can make these drugs illegal. Yeah. So that was before Nixon. So they were just using a, a, a playbook that they been using <laughs> since the inception of, of drugs in the country. So they right. just repeated it. And then instead of putting it on three, they put it on 10. Uh, so mm-hmm. we end up with the war on drugs, which attacks attacks our community, uh, and then white people aren't any smarter than any other group of people, or dumber for that matter. They aren't any smarter, but they're opportunistic. Mm-hmm. So when you have this mass incarceration taking place, somebody figured out we can make some money off of this just by housing the prisoners. That's mm-hmm. right. So it's a self fulfilling prophecy. So yep. now you fund the police. And you give them very specific instructions to go out and arrest mostly black people doing drugs, even though black people and white people use drugs at the same rate. Some people would say white people use more drugs than black people. Right. You had black, the, what, the uh, Wolf of Wall Street the mm-hmm. guy based, on a, based on a real story. This man got cocaine in the office every day, <laughs> partying hard. Yeah. And he didn't go down for the drugs. Yeah. Still. He he got he went down for the money aspect. Crazy. That's a great and, point, Jay. That's and right. then got got out and does motivational speaking. Right. <laughs> but white America boy, you don't see knows why people doing cold. that in Wall Street. You don't see them going to getting shipped out and getting in trouble for drug charges, even though we had a movie that showed this based on true story. This actually happened. Right. It seemed crazy, but this is real life. Right. And and one of the quotes in the movie was, "Why don't, why do the SWAT teams go to the hood but don't go to the college campuses?" Well, we mm-hmm. know why. Mm-hmm. Same reason yeah. they don't go to Wall Street. Yeah, we know why. When the battle ram was in, I got friends from LA. I've been to LA. I love LA. I got a lot of friends from the neighborhood in LA, and they had a battering battering ram. It was a tank with a long pole at the end, just like at the, on the, uh, the NWA movie. Yes, that shit was real. Man, yeah. it knocked, knocked the houses down, just destroyed these homes with these no-knock warrants. It's, wow. It's, so it's nuts, that, bro. That, that, that ain't never happened in the financial district of Not Now City. And Chappelle's skit about when Tron, when they had negotiated Tron turning himself in for all of his drug sales. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that's how that shit goes down. Mm. They're not doing no no knock warrants and fifty SWAT members coming in your house in uh in some in in um where's SMU Holland Holland Park, right? Yeah, this is Holland Park. They're not doing that shit in Holland Park. They're gonna call you uh, have your attorney meet with our attorney so we can negotiate the term. They're not doing that that shit. We the only ones that get treated like that. That part. It's actually so. I actually wrote notes on that too because that that really stuck out to me when they were talking about the war on drugs. So mm-hmm. he was saying the war on drugs was a basically a federal program. So what they did was they enlisted the police department to say, "Hey, here's some money. You know, the more people you arrest, you know, we'll give you more money." Mm-hmm. So a 
gonna set this bag of money on you. You arrest X amount of people, we'll give you more money, and then we'll sweeten the pot by giving you military weapons. Mm-hmm, that's right. So, you know, and it's crazy, like, you're seeing these police officers with these tanks and, like you said, the battering, mm-hmm. you know, ram and, you know, all this high-grade equipment that's like, fam, what do you, you're, you're policing, like, a community of people that are, by and large, like, law-abiding citizens. Yep. Why are you strapped for war? Like, it, it doesn't, like, they made the point that in Ferguson, they had police coming out in the middle of the street with camouflage on. How does that even work? Why would you be in a Why urban do you have camo on in the urban area? It makes no sense. Man, yeah. And which camouflage, which goes back to today, when you look at the news, when you see the National Guard and you see the police standing side by side, you can't tell who's who. But one mm-hmm. of those organizations is trained to deal with war. Mm-hmm. And one isn't. But the, but when right. you look at them side by side, they're the exact same. You can't same. tell. Yeah, yeah you can't right. tell. I growing up in Dallas, I literally watched that happen. I remember the police having revolvers, and that's all they had was thirty-eight specials. Mm-hmm. That's it. Shotgun in the truck. I mean, shotgun in the front seat. They had the little lock on the shotgun, and they had revolvers. I, that's I remember that. That's Sergeant Marta, that leader. Yeah, the yeah. Sergeant, that's right. That's all they had. And then by the 90s, they had AR-15s. They had everything that infantry had. So there are two, there are two things that they, um, that they use, two incidents that they use to justify this militarization. There's the, uh, it's called the, the Newhall incident, where these two separate police cars, here's a short version, two separate police cars pulled up uh, one so a police car pulled over these guys who they said had been menacing with a weapon. Mm. They pulled them over. They stopped. Another police car pulled up. And those two guys shot those four officers and then sped away. And then the Miami-Dade incident, um, which has got a lot of information you can read about it, where the police, and in both instances, the police were outgunned. Mm. That's what they used to justify the militarization. Here's the third one they use that isn't necessarily as textbook, but we all saw that happen. I think y'all probably saw it happen. I saw it happen live. Is the two bank robbers in LA with the machine guns? Yep. Yep. I, the police were clearly outgunned. They, they, yeah, yeah. They were clearly outgunned. They had to go to they had to go to the pawn shop and commandeer AR-15s. They did. They had to go Yo. to the pawn shop, commandeer AR-15s to deal with these dudes. These dudes had fully automatic weapons. So those are the things they justify to militarize the police. But those incidents occur few and far between. Right. right. You named three incidents. <laughs> right. You're like, you know what I'm saying? This isn't how often do you need the AR-15? Few and, it is few and far between that you're going to need, you know, that level of firepower. So and, and I, to be frank with you, I don't mind the police having that having it. My issue is they don't have the training to know when to employ it. So they are employing and deploying those AR-15s far too often. Like children. Like children. You just got a brand new toy and you can't wait to play with it. Mm-hmm. So That's those it. are the incidents that they use to justify. But again, we talk, and we talking about white folks. These incidents have this, everybody involved in these incidents are white folks, but they're using those tactics on us. On black people. Right. Because I'm about to say like, like, on those situations, like how many of those were black people? Not now, one of them. I just named. Yeah. 
And those None are the three that are used to, to justify the escalation. Because that's all it is, is just like, oh, it's escalation. I can mm-hmm. imagine, I can imagine a politician being like, oh, well, that's an embarrassment. Y'all had to go to the pawn shop to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. we're gonna arm all, everybody else up. We're gonna make sure that we're seen as the powerhouse. It's like, fam, that's what right. are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That's right. That don't make no sense. Mm-hmm. And then and to double back on your um your comment about the self-fulfilling prophecy. The system is so messed up because it's like, yes, we can jail. First of all, we can kill black people and get away with it because even right. Jim, uh, Jimmy Jackson in the thread, he was talking about, you know, they have connections to where they can step in and say, oh, well, you know, this situation is cool or this situation wasn't right. It's fine. Right. So they have connections for that. But you can kill black people. You can also enslave black people. By basically making them work for you. Like That's I was right. driving, Thirteenth Amendment made it clear. Yeah, facts. I was driving home today. I saw a bunch of workers, uh, just picking up trash. All mm-hmm. of them were black. All of them black. And I'm like, fam, like this is, it, it's crazy. And then it's like, okay, well, the war on drugs means we're gonna fund the police. We're gonna give them an exorbitant amount of money. Well, how do you get promoted? You arrest more people. Well, who are the people you're arresting? You're arresting black people, mm-hmm. right? And then you you mentioned it earlier. Um, what was it? Oh, white people and black people. I remember I wrote this down because they mentioned that in the doc and it, it struck me. White and black people commit crimes at roughly the same rate. Mm-hmm. But blacks are arrested more often. So out of a population, a population of 100,000 white people, 478 of them are in state mm-hmm. or federal prison. Mm-hmm. For black people, it's 3,000 out of a population of 100,000 black people. That's mm-hmm. 3,023 people yes. that are in the criminal justice system. That's more slave. That's basically more people in this criminal justice system than slaves in 1950. That's scary. So it's I, by design. So I get my promotion by arresting black people or killing black people, which leads to us getting free labor. Right. Which leads to us using the fear mongering like, oh, well, look at all these black people in jail. There must they must all be using drugs and drug dealing and all that stuff. Right. But we don't do the drugs to actually do stuff. Right. Right. <laughs> the, oh, because the police are told to go after crazy, black bro. people specifically. Yeah, you're gonna arrest more black people if you're told to go arrest the black people. Mm-hmm. Who else you gonna arrest? The people that make up thirteen percent of the population are eighty-seven percent right. of your arrests. Fan, right, right. I mean, so it is very frustrating, uh, but we need to be aware of these numbers so that we can do the ne- what's necessary to combat them. So here's the inverse. I would, I would be inclined to believe, if we looked at the numbers, that we would see a proportional decrease in education funding as we see an increase in police funding. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now I don't I don't know that to be the case. I'm just guessing because I remember in the '80s when Ronald Reagan cut off the free lunch, and I remember all of that. Stuff. Wow, like, why yep. are they doing that? I yep. remember that. I've just watched education funding go down, and I watched police funding go up. The reason why that is important to this discussion is because the way that they forecast prison populations is by looking at third grade reading levels. That that hurt. See, stuff like that chips at your soul. Like stuff yeah. like that is like what? But I mean, if 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 you stop and think about that statement though, because if you can at least read at a third or a sixth grade level, 
most of the things that you need to do as an adult, you can do with a far smaller education. Right. Okay. That's possible. Because the higher your reading level goes, it's about speed at that point. It's about comprehension at that point. Well, somebody so let's back up. Yeah. Give let's, me more. Let's back up. Let's back up because. Okay. African-American kids are typically in spare classes, special ed classrooms, not because they have a developmental disability or a learning disability, but because these white teachers misidentify their reading comprehension issue. Mm. So instead of helping them with reading comprehension they just sent them to the sped room i have a friend who wrote his dissertation at ou on this uh he's actually at the university of west virginia now these white folks don't take the time to teach these kids who are having difficulty reading how to read they just send them to the sped room so they don't have to deal with them mm. and then the sped teacher got a hands full the sped teacher might not even be certified to be a sped teacher mm. The um, the um, IEP plan might not have been effectively put together by people who know what they're doing. There are a whole bunch of issues that take place once she gets that black boy or black girl out of that classroom, and it's typically black boys out of that classroom and in that sped room. That's one less nigga she got to deal with. So when we're talking about reading levels, we're specifically talking about comprehension. Mm. If that child isn't exhibiting the necessary reading comprehension at uh, at that third grade level, they can project crime from that. Because we know that poverty and proximity breeds most crime. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody in Highland Park ain't pulling no kick doors out there. Right. You ain't seen nobody getting arrested for no bullshit out there because there are certain crimes that just won't be committed because there's no poverty. Correct. Correct. Regardless of your ethnicity, the more money you make, the less your chance of going to jail. That's just that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You could be you could be from anywhere in every hood USA. If you make over a hundred thousand dollars, your chances of going to the jail are extremely low. If you make less than thirty thousand dollars, your chances of going to jail go up less money you make. Right. Mm-hmm. So because they know that. This is how we, this is how I know that they know that crime is about poverty and proximity because they know that they can project how many prison beds they're going to need in 20 years, 15 years, 10 years. Don DeMarco. Wow. And they ain't been wrong yet. Bang. No, they haven't because Bang. they cre- do. This shit is working exactly the way it's supposed to. You said something earlier, Rudy, that the system is messed up. No, it's not. It's doing exactly it's what it's supposed perfectly. to be doing. Yeah. This motherfucker all on, is firing on all cylinders. Right. Just had an oil change. Working at an optimum level. <laughs> right. <laughs> all has been changed. It is what it is, man. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to be doing. So right. the question is, how do we fight it? And it's I like, that's why I like this documentary so much. Because it exposed the fact that this yeah. country, the foundations, the bones that this country is built on is built on racism. Absolutely. The, the second Second Amendment is specifically 
mm-hmm. might be the most racist amendment in the whole thing. I know we got the three-fifths clause and all that stuff, 13, 14, 15th amendment. I understand all that. But the Second Amendment is specifically, it says a, re- a well-regulated militia. In, 70, in 1776, what were militias used for? Slave rebellions. Mm. Wow. wow. So that's what it was used. It was used. The Second Amendment is directly for black folks' oppression and to maintain it. There was a, this huge debate that the language had to be very, very specific. And Georgia said they weren't going to join in because we need to make sure that we have a militia in Georgia, you had if you were under 18, you, you had to go train once a month. You had to keep your rifle ready and you had to be ready to put down any slave rebellion or uprising at any time. That makes that's perfect. why that amendment exists. That's why the words militia, a well-regulated militia are in there. It was to keep your black ass a slave. That's what it's for. That makes perfect sense. And I have all the documentation for this. You know, I don't pull stuff out of my ass. I got all the documentation, yes. so I'll be happy to yeah. send it to anyone that needs it. Uh, but that's what it was for. So all of this stuff is working the way it's supposed to work. They're just they're making new rules with loopholes in them so they can maintain the same level of oppression. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The slavery people. under another, another name. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you have any questions about that, watch 13th. That document. I had to cut that shit off. That, yeah, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. That would hurt. I had to cut it off. I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. Dog, was that Walmart? I remember Walmart was on that list. Like it was a bunch of, it was a bunch of, bunch of them, bunch of big companies that like all pull into the prison. uh, That's right, private prison industry. Yep. Oh my god, bro! Like the the one the one of the the former governors here, I think it was Keating, Frank Keating, big in private prisons. Yeah, big in private prisons. So that was one of the issues he had in while he was in office we were saying why are you trying to incarcerate all these people and you literally benefit because you are in the private prison industry so mm-hmm. they got the game rigged dude it's 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 been rigged from the beginning and you know what it's crazy because it's like like people we act so blind to the stuff you know and by we i'm, I'm specifically talking to white america like like they don't see mm-hmm. the stuff that's going on because one well, of my because they don't have to it's that's simply, right they yeah. don't because like because like like one thing you said about the opportunity is if you don't realize that you're not competing with everybody you don't you, you don't realize it right and you think you don't work hard you, you right, think you work right. your ass off and then right. when you look at Jim Crow when it was illegal to teach to educate black people when you look at any minority minority group today that immigrate to this country right. their children have it much easier because they are educated in this system, they understand the language. They can speak it. They can read it. Mm-hmm. If you stop three, four generations, it's amazing the fact that we're at the part that we're at the point that we're at now. Right. But when Jim Crow first came out, what they don't realize that oh, th- they're not teaching them how to read and write. So of course, I'm going against fewer people for this job. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. absolutely, yeah. Once you're ingrained two, three generations into it, by the, your history alone, you're just you think you're better because you look at what your grandparents, your great grandparents did. Mm-hmm. Then you look at what black people are at. It's like, well, if they had this, the, the way the law is written, they have the same opportunities that we have because we got integration, we got affirmative action. So why are they behind? They just they don't have to acknowledge the world that we came from. Because mm-hmm. one one of the things that the guy said is he takes pride in saying that 
his great great grandfather was a slave but look where i'm at mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. all of us if we just want to be frank you Absolutely. guys both do very well rudy you about to be a daddy twice at the same time mm-hmm. you, you know you're not supposed to be here none of us are supposed to be here we're right. all supposed to be in somebody cotton field somewhere in 2020 if the confederacy had its way we're right. supposed to be where we are absolutely so somebody asked me to your point somebody asked me i don't know a month ago why do white people hate us so much and i said because we survived mm. that's it we're not we weren't supposed to survive the boat ride we weren't supposed to survive the treatment once we got here we weren't supposed to survive being free and when we started flourishing during Reconstruction and right after, oh man, white folks got mad as hell. Like, yeah, because when you look at it, every you? other group of people they killed. They did. The, black, black the Indians, the, the original Mexicans were America. They took Texas from them. So originally, the plan was: if once you got aligned, we're gonna kill you. And and right. and you mentioned Texas. Y'all took Texas history just like me in the seventh grade. They proud of that shit. Right. Like, remember, right. like, the and that's why, as Texans, we think our state, and it's really bogus for black people to believe this shit, but we think our state, and we think Dallas is the greatest city in the greatest state that could ever be conceived of, because we were inculcated into that in the seventh grade. We right. believe that Texas history used to be our own independent nation, and we joined they the union because that. we could. They preached that, Fuck boy. Fuck out of here with that shit. It's you can miss me with that shit. You can miss me with all of that shit. They do preach that, but you, J-Rock, you 100% right. I agree 100%. It's bullshit, all of it. They, and it's like, go ahead. No, 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 because I, I, I can come back to that point. No, because it's like, it's 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 just a walking contradiction. And, and again, I hate that, that we have to say this every time because it's just like, we're not talking about all white people. We're talking about the white mm-hmm. people with the idea, the this ideology, right? right. That, that perpetrates the system that oppresses us. Basically. That's right. Because it's a real thing, and it's Absolutely. not. It's like, they'll say, "Well, uh, well, you know, if you just got your education and you were just professional, you would have to deal with all this stuff." But as soon as black people got their own city in Tulsa and Black Wall Street, they they blew it up. It was it wasn't like they walked in and they dropped bombs. On, they killed three hundred plus people, kids. Like we talk, dude. We talking about yeah. doctors, lawyers, movie theaters, churches. Look, dude, being yeah. in Oklahoma has been interesting because Oklahoma has a very rich history about concerning black folks. It, you did, it did not get any better than what you could find in Greenwood. It didn't get any better. The white people would come over there because they shit was better than everybody else. You had the best lawyers, the best doctors, the, the best products. And the interesting thing about Tulsa and the reason why it was so successful at that time, because everything was coming by ship or by rail. Mm. They had the Arkansas River. I believe it's the Arkansas River that goes through there right to the Mississippi. It's a deep cut channel and everything. Mm. So it come off the Mississippi right Smart. to Tulsa. You Smart. could, hey man, they were on point. The black people was on point. Anything that you could see, and it was the wealthiest. And we, we all know about Harlem and how culturally how significant it is. Mm-hmm. But Black Wall Street was the wealthiest place in America, African Americans. Harlem, whatever, any other well known black top everything those white people were so jealous that at their earliest opportunity they went over there and killed 300 people drop bombs from the sky just like rudy said just indiscriminately killing 
anybody mm-hmm. who was black because of the because of jealousy. Now, now let's 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 think about this for a minute. You told us all we got. You'll leave us alone if we mm-hmm. work hard and build right. our own stuff. Right. Don't come bother y'all. So, and, and Tulsa's only one of five towns that were like that that did very very well. People came as soon as we do that, and we self sufficient, and we don't need none of your stuff, and we start standing up for ourselves because what really made them mad is when they tried to when they initially tried to attack the black folks, the black folks fought back. Mm. Nigga, we got rifles too. Right. So that pissed everybody off. And then they come, well, we just going to burn it all yep. down. It's an insult. But y'all, but y'all talk, that's exactly right. It's an insult. But y'all told us if we do this, y'all will leave us alone. Right. But that wasn't, a, that was a lie too. Cause that ain't what it's about. It's not even about being separate and equal. It's about being beneath you. This is why when we talking about last week, the myth of white supremacy, it's a myth. They believe they're superior no matter what the status is and how dare you have more money than me, be a better doctor than me, be a better lawyer than me. Why you have, how dare your church look nicer than mine, your theater sound better than mine, the movies mm-hmm. look better in here. How dare you do anything better than a white person? What, and is, then, what you say are we supposed to do? And then when they can't compete on that level, then they, find, right. a way, they find a way to profit from it. So, That's right. Entertainers, athletes, mm-hmm. like, okay, well, we own the league. So y'all, just, right. y'all just are here for our entertainment. That's right. Because they can't just come burn our shit down no more. It's too many of us that don't care. Oh, y'all, yeah. is that what y'all yeah. coming to do? Okay. Yeah. We got something yeah, that, for y'all. That would be different. That would yeah, be different. It would be very different. But what they can do is co-opt it. Yep. They can profit from it, just like you said, just like with with um, if we look at the evolution of hip hop. And I don't, I, I'm not mad at no white boy that grew up listening to hip hop and that's your music. It's as much they music as it is mine. I'm not going to say that. 70% of all rap music was bought by white folks. I'm going right. to let you have that. But they wanted to make sure that they profited from it. So you don't have a whole bunch of black owned record companies. Those white boys was like, Mm-mm. y'all making too much money over here. Let me go on and get all this money and I'm going to give you these nickels. Yep. And yep. on top of that, I'm going to give you the nickels and I'm going to tell you what kind of music you're going to put in your community. That's right. That's right, because we ain't had no revolutionary since uh, Public Enemy. Oh, Jimmy J. Yo, that was a bar. If they can't monetize it, they demonize it. That's Can I it. Get a Don DeMarco. That's it. That's it right there. If Dang. they can't monetize it, they demonize it. Bars, boy. And Jimmy need to be a preacher. Boy, boy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he ready for the collection play right now today. Hey, hey, if the gloves don't fit, you must have quit. <laughs> it's like that. That was fire. Yes, sir. But no, it, it's crazy because like even um going back to the doc, it's it's crazy how they they like maneuver their way through the time. So like it's like, well, it's not appropriate to say it this way, so I'm gonna say it this way. So uh one part it said uh it wasn't a coincidence that Ronald Reagan started his campaign in the same county where the three civil rights leaders, uh, you know, the 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 two black guys and the, and the one kid, the white kid. Yeah, uh, that shit was on purpose in Mississippi. Yeah, they were murdered. That so shit was on purpose. They, and, and the government obviously knew where the bodies were and acted like they, they didn't know nothing for like over a month. It was, yeah, of course. But he said, uh, what did he say? He said, um, Ronald Reagan said, I believe in state rights. And people called him on it. It was like, well, and he was like, well, that's not racist. That's just, you know, basically you know what we need to preach about right now right but everybody really knew what he was talking about yeah. and one of one of his uh staff members lee atwater 
was mm-hmm. like he admitted and said, "Well, you can't run around saying nigger, nigger, nigger anymore. Times right. change. That's you right. Have, you have to say state rights and cutting taxes. And That's when they right. say, when they say cutting taxes, taxes that basically just means well, your tax dollars aren't going to go be wasted on minorities. Like we're going to we're right. going to put it somewhere else. Mm. Right. That's it's crazy right. about that. How's that different than when Donald Trump saying he wants to be law and order president? It ain't. It ain't no. The exact same fucking thing. It's the exact same thing. It's the same shit. The same thing. Like, but if you're not, if you don't know the history, he's like, oh well, he just won peace. No, right. Not about We've had peace all this time. Right. We've had peace whenever cops were killing us. That was peaceful. But now that how dare us want to stand up? For the right to live. Hey, man, they don't give a shit what happened to not none of us. As long right. as you keep that shit over there on the black side of town, they don't give a shit about what happened over there. Right. Let it spill over to Plano and Frisco and, and Little Elm and all them other areas. Like, no. Nah, You're going to see the world come to an end over there. Yep. They, them, white, them white women is not going to have that shit. Yep. No, it's different, man. It's it, One of the most pointed things that, that I got from that is when he said, he said wealthy people keep white people and black people from getting together mm-hmm. and taking power. That's so right. they'll use little rhetorics like, oh, we got to take back the White House. Like, fam, what, what do you mean? Take take it back from who? What are you, what are you talking right. about? You know who. Or Yeah, you know who. Yeah. But it's like, or they'll say, oh, well, they're taking your jobs. Like when, when they were attacking Hispanics for coming over, like, oh, well, they're taking all your jobs, so we got to regulate all this stuff. Right. It's like... They know who their allies are. They mm-hmm. went to school with mm-hmm. them. They went to the frat parties with them. They went to these universities. It's like, all right, cool. I'm going to go up north. I'm going to do my thing. You go down south and do your thing. But one thing we're going to agree on is we're not going to let these people get in power. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what he said. And I, I agree with him 100%. White, poor white people and poor black people got the exact same interest. Exactly the same. Mm-hmm. There's no difference in, the, in our interest between. There's no, there's no difference. But the, the the division of race is what creates the difference. Right. We literally have no issue that ain't the same between us. We don't have not any. Yep. Right. It's really about rich and poor. That's what it's about in this country. Yeah. That's what it was really founded on. It was founded on, okay, we the wealthy folks. So they, when they were talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, they were talking about rich white male landowners. They weren't talking about anybody else. Right. Not That's white it. women, not black men. Not That's black right. Women, not Nobody nothing. else. It was yeah. if you and if you didn't own land, you could be a Brit. You come over here, you got money, but if you didn't own land, you couldn't vote. You had mm-hmm. to have some skin in the game to be yeah. in on this on this new hustle called the United States of America. You had to put some put some, you need to put it smoking said you didn't put in on this. So you ain't put nothing put none in and on this. You ain't put nothing in on it. Right. So so nobody had the right to vote except these rich white folks. And it was that way for a long time. You know when poor white folks started getting the right to vote? When Western, and when I say Western, not the original 13 colonies, when Western states started forming, they said, if you move out here, everybody will be able to vote whether you own land or not. Mm. That was a fucking marketing ploy, my name. Yeah, it's the lure. It's like, you, okay. you, you have to get people to expand out. West. That's right. To, wow. to get the land to that's right buy it that was wow. a promotion that was a promotion so the third the original 13 colonies is like shit okay well okay y'all can vote but just y'all yeah yeah, yeah. Else. we ain't add nobody else to the party so 80 to 90 percent of the people that are voting today couldn't even do it unless wouldn't it even have been able to vote if yeah. they had their way 
Man. If you didn't own no land, so if you didn't own your house, if, if, the, if the rules stay the same, if you didn't own your house, you couldn't vote. And you know what? Take it a step farther. If you didn't own the land that your house sits on. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So even so, you would you'd be able to get away. Even if your, your, your family owns some land way out in the country somewhere and you own the land, you could vote out there, but you wouldn't be able to vote in the city. Right. You don't be able to vote where your land was. That's crazy. And most of us, we don't own just naked land. I don't even own no naked land. You know, we own houses. We all own our houses. So we would be able to vote, but we wouldn't have been allowed to own houses. So we wouldn't have been able to vote. Right. We would have been renting. And, and then technically, you don't even own your house till you pay the note completely. Not till you pay the so, note off the bank. Got it. And let's not so, even get into that hustle. Oh, man. Oh, bruh. Man. Let's not even because that's a whole nother show. Yeah, that's a whole that's a whole nother show. You know, honestly, I want to do a show on redlining uh eventually. Like hey man, you know, I don't know how much literature review you've done on it. All right, I want to before I'm I in my that, I'm in my infancy. I'm in my okay. this is what I want to say to everybody who's watching, and I want y'all to adopt this and make people understand this. If you aren't a scientist, you ain't never done no research. If you, if you ain't put together no study, if you ain't put together a qualitative or quantitative study or mixed method study, if you ain't put together a necessary questionnaire and done the reliability and validity, mm. you ain't never you. If you ain't got gotten a sample group, if you ha, you ain't never done no research and ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm. It ain't nothing wrong with that. But reading on the Internet ain't research. That's a literature review, which is important. Right. A literature review is important. But we need to make these distinctions because you ain't researched nothing. You've done a literature review of people who have done research or you're reading an article of someone who read the literature of someone who did, did the research. Yeah. yeah. So we need to make sure we're using the proper terms. But that literature review is very important because you can get all the information you need to come up with the right conclusion still. Mm. So since you're in your inf- infancy, mm. man, that rabbit hole is deep, brother. I mean, I'm talking about you talking about doing us dirty on purpose, like like for real on purpose. It's as egregious as denying black people to vote. But it was more systematic because it was nationwide. Mm. So you did. So in the 60s, and if you lived in Harlem, you could vote. The white people was like, oh, let them vote. That's how we got Adam Clayton Powell. Hmm. In the South, you couldn't vote. So while it was unfair, it wasn't a nationwide issue or circumstance redlining was everywhere every city every state redlining was the way it went it is egregious it's terrible and you're gonna be angry as hell i've been angry a lot these last this last two three months yeah right it's, so that that is my, is my new normal it's it, i think it's all of our new normal because we are watching and that's why i think the documentary for me was a source of hope because you got this white man who is unabashedly accepting the truth mm-hmm. and trying to and trying to purvey it to as many people as he can at the same time owning how his family contributed to the, the circumstances that exist now that's the part that that validates all of that that's mm-hmm. right yeah yeah so that that in and of itself is some hope when i see these white people marching with black people and supporting black people and when black people getting tear gas they pouring milk in their eyes and god already got everything together to help these black folks that gives me hope 
but I go to sleep mad every night. And wake up mad every day. It's crazy because I had to, I was having a discussion about race uh, with, with a black person. And I started off calm. I'm like, I'm not going to get upset. But the person I was talking to was acting like some of the stuff was happening wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like, you're older than I am. You know. I know you know. I know you've lived through it. Right. And I've never been so enraged in my life. Mm-hmm. And it's because crazy. I never would have thought of myself as an activist type person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you ain't got but no choice. At this I, point, you don't have no choice. You, you have to shit or get off the pot. Right. J-Rock, the interesting thing about what you just said is just because you live through it don't mean you get it. Bars. And that that was the part that that, that, that got me so enraged. Mm-hmm. Because out your mouth, I heard you make statements that, that, that make me think that you get it. Right. But that ain't the case. <laughs> Here's the thing. The same school system that white people attended that helped them adopt the myth of white supremacy is the same school we went to. You're right. So yeah. the same myth that they got, we got. So that's why we have colorism and all that bullshit in our community because we internalize mm. the oppressor's opinion of us. Right. We went to the same shit. So just like a white person got to work hard not to be racist, we got to work hard not to believe the racist bullshit. Right. Because we was exposed to it our whole life. Just think right. about all the shit in school that you learn that made you believe that white people were superior. And you, you ain't even know you know it. You don't even know you believe it until you get in a circumstance where you doubt yourself, your own blackness. What's so crazy about that's that growing up, I, I grew up in Louisiana, and when we were taught about um manifest destiny, mm-hmm. you didn't question I didn't know I didn't question it's like, well. Okay, well, well, we were at war because they were trying to k- kill us, so we killed them. Mm-hmm. And and it made you feel proud that we were successful. Right, it's like, you know, as, as a kid, Lord. it's like, we, it's like, as a country, we overcame the American Revolution, the British right. Revolution, the Hispanic Revolution, the Native American, and we won. It's like, so, we, and you have, as a kid, you have this pride. And, geez, boy, you just dropped the fucking bar right there. Yeah. Was, yeah, because that, you don't realize it as a kid. You don't even you don't. know. You don't even know. And I'm gonna take it a step further. You didn't even realize you wasn't white. I bet you. I bet you. I, that I bet right you there. You didn't know you wasn't white. You didn't know that until you were probably maybe seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. That it hit you mm-hmm. that you wasn't white. Yep. You don't know. You see your dark parents, but you don't know you ain't white. We all in this together. What we thinking? That's exactly what we thinking. Uh, no. This is how powerful the educational system is and how it inculcates everybody into this myth. You internalize this shit. You take this shit with you. It's personal. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you the other place where you feel this incredible amount of pride, and you don't even know where it's coming from. Is the fucking Olympics. <laughs> 
<laughs> tell me, tell me when we were in the hundred meter, the two hundred meter, the four hundred meter, the eight hundred meter, that you ain't happy as hell. Right. Tell me you ain't happy as a runaway slave when you see them niggas winning that shit and right. running with Michael, the flag and Michael Johnson down. Yo, I didn't even oh, know who Michael Johnson what fail. Come on, man. Come I on. was like, what was I like? I think I was like 12, like 10. And from the crib. And, and I was crib. Fail. Come on, man. I was like, I was so hyped. And I don't even know what dog. I've yeah. never watched an Olympic race ever. Yeah. I, I saw him. I was like, oh, that's phenomenal. That's the greatest yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. Wow. We that. Wow. Myth of white supremacy that has been drilled into us since kindergarten, since pre-K, comes out in those instances. We right there with them chanting USA. The whole nine yards. Facts. I felt a little shame when we lost to Hussein Bolt. The first I did one. too. I did too. Even, and I, and even, we know, but like I know better. You know what I'm saying? Looking at it, this is my brother. Right, part of my family from the Caribbean. If anything, I'm I'm supposed to be cheering for him. If we just looking at right genetics, if we looking at heredity, yeah. But I'm salty because I'm salty because he won. But I had to check myself. Man, That's boy, you just said some. My God, I'm telling you, man. This the, this myth of white supremacy has a hold on all of us, and we have to actively work to root it out of our systems. White folks and black folks, we have to get it out. That's so crazy because at the end of the documentary, he's talking about how his mom sometimes has racist moments. He has to right. himself at the when I watch him, like you doing this documentary, you should know better. But once you made that same it's like mm-hmm. I've been black my whole life, whole life, and now it's like I have to go back and look at my childhood. It's like I have to question shit. That's right. Think you know, about your toys. Look, think about your toys, the shit that you play with every day. I don't even really need to go no further than that, I don't think. Think about what you played with every day. The cartoons you watched when you came home from school. <laughs> Didn't none of them people look like you? None. We had one dude on on Captain Planet. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we had one dude on Power Rangers. That's right. That's Black right. That's yeah. right. The Black Ranger yo, was the Black Ranger. Yo, That's right. when, I, when I found out Power Rangers was racist with the whole Yellow Rangers, the Asian right. the Black yeah. Fam, that shit was the, crazy. The, the redneck was the red ranger. I was like, Yeah, that shit was I, crazy. I didn't, I never saw it. Yeah, never, never saw, saw it growing up. Never saw it because we ain't looking for that as megazords. <laughs> yeah, we ain't looking for that as children. We're not looking at that. We assume, as children, we, we assume that all of that shit that we watching is about us, right? Mm-hmm. Right, so we don't look for any deeper meaning. We just don't do it. Everything that you have been exposed to wow. in popular culture has told you that white is right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's well, just the way it's been. And you're going to be fighting that battle to undo that all your life. It's, it's crazy because I was, I was, so I was reading just quick sidebar. Um, I was reading a review on the uncomfortable truth and one of the first comments uh, that popped up, it said that basically it was cool, but um, actually, I got it right here. It says, this has some true facts. Certainly not all is fact. This is primary how these people feel. And what saddened me the most is that the man is minimizing his grandmother's hard work to become something. 
He certainly shed a horrible light on his family, which is heartbreaking and despicable at the same time. But basically, he's saying more people would be receptive if people like these two men didn't make all whites to be monsters and mm-hmm. all blacks to be victims. And that right there kind of summarizes my problem with people. Because mm-hmm. they act like, like, it's like, and she goes on, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but she goes on to say that even the black dude said that you know, he has no reason to like white people. So he's racist. But here's the thing. Let's but let's, they weren't really watching though. But well, let's 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 call a spade a spade. Let's say everybody's racist, right? Even if we even the playing field on racism, it's not even because white people being racist infinitely hurt more people than black people being racist. I'm of the opinion, and I vacillated on this, Rudy, for a long time. I don't. Black people can't be racist. I don't think it's possible. Not we in just, the not in the way that white it people what it are. Is. Yeah, not in the way that white people are. We can be prejudiced. We can be bigots. But yeah. typically, our what they call racism is, is in response to the institutional racism that we've experienced since the country's inception. We would have to be able to, in order to be racist, in my in Dr. Francis uh, uh, Welsing, she uh, she is the authority on this shit before she passed. She's got a great book on it. We would have to have the power to legislate discrimination into every aspect of American society. And who has the power to do that? White folks. We don't have the power to do that. Now that don't mean that. So that's that, but that don't mean that white people, that black folks can't discriminate in positions where we have power because you can go right to your church and see all kinds of discrimination. taking Facts. Place. Mm-hmm. Facts. We just don't have the power to be racist in this country. Right. So when white people say that, I get it, but it's utter bullshit. And the reason why we can't, the reason why it's bullshit is because if white people can say that black people are racist, then it can absolve them of their responsibility to dismantle and demolish it. Mm. And we can't do that. That's not our job to dismantle racism. That's their job because they invented this shit. They instituted it. Yeah, absolutely. Basically. Absolutely. Um, and that black man don't have no good reason, especially if you're a black man from the South. What good reason you got to like white folks? Yeah. Right. And then when you look at his life, when you beat up, they don't even have to know your name. Right. What you part of Louisiana, J. Rock, did you grow up in? What part? Shreveport. Oh, so yeah. So my family, my whole family is from uh, Alexandria and uh, off Cambridge River in Natchez Parish. Yeah, so yeah. I know. I, I know it, it's it's a complete in Texas is racist as hell, but Louisiana racist on another level, especially back in the country. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially down south in the country, country. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. And but anywhere throughout the South, like you were saying, they can they they not only do they not have to know your name, you could be visiting from Chicago, and somebody could blame you for whistling at a white woman, and the next thing you know, you and your casket on the front page of the nationwide news. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know the black gentleman. He made he made the point, and I I gotta get his name because I hate I hate saying the black gentleman. But um, he made an eloquent point. He said that you would almost think there is no white crime because, mm-hmm. and he was like, "There's more white people in in jail than black people." Yes, but the there retort, are. but the retort is there's more black on black crime than uh than police killing. So black people kill each other more than police kill black people. That's always the the go to move, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, well, we should be more grateful for the police no matter what they do to us. That's like the whole ideology. Which is asinine, but it, it okay. Just, that's nuts. But 
he he went on to say that you got to think about the type of crime uh, that happens because he said Wall Street was about white people. When he says, I don't trust white people, I have no reason to like white people. He said it because he said, well, Wall Street was about white people. That wasn't black people. Yet you trust Wall Street and you still keep giving them your money. Still even people. though you know. Billions of dollars a year taken from billions. people. Billions, billions of dollars every year. And it he ain't said, billions over 10 years or 20 years. It's billions every year. And then he said, if you get mugged by a black person, why does all black people have to pay for that? He says, mm -hmm. you suffer a lot more when a white person does a crime like Wall Street and they take your savings and you can't feed your children, then you get hit over the head with a by a black person for a watch. Mm -hmm. And now you hate every black person that ever existed. It's crazy. No, and that that one watch gives you gives you the justification mm -hmm. to do everything. That's right. That you want Come to on. do. That's right. Right. So let's they take did. a step. The white people further. didn't storm Wall Street. And, and, no, they and, didn't. And hunt those people down. No, they didn't. Not at all. They, Come on, man. They didn't. After multiple depressions. Come on, man. Recessions. Let's take it a step further. So when they talk about black on black crime, which is utter bullshit. They usually uh, there's the stat right now is 87 percent of black murders are committed by black people. But 81, depending on which stat you read, 81 or 84 percent of white people are killed by other white people. Yep. That's a, that sounds yep. like a fucking epidemic to me. Sixty seven percent of all sexually based offenses are, co are committed by white men. Sixty seven percent. 60 white men, 67% of all sexually based offenses committed by white men. So, am I supposed to be scared of every white man I see because of that? Yes, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We can all take the statistics and do whatever we want to with them and justify whatever foolish belief, but they don't look at they look at white people as individuals, they look at black people as representative of the whole. That right, boy, you are on one. I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Boy, you are on one. I'm sick of this shit. Man. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an, if, if you're going to treat the white boy as an individual, then you're going to look at me as an individual. I'm a member of, of the population that I'm from. Nigga, I'm from Oak Cliff, and I'm going to scream that from the rooftop everywhere I go. And anybody from that neighborhood, or anybody that look like me, wherever I am, if I can help them, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. That's what I choose. But the white boy, oh, this is an isolated incident. It was a lone wolf. He right. was by himself and wasn't, no one else was involved in it. Get your ass out of here with that shit. You know what's crazy? You decided to like every reporter after every school shooting. Right. 85% of the serial killers is white. So I'm not supposed to be scared of white men because of that? 85% of serial killers? And we've only been getting black serial killers lately, like since the 70s. Mm -hmm. That's when we've been identifying more, identifying more minority members of the minority community that are committing serial killing. But this, these is white folks doing this shit. We do, I, we do what we do because of poverty and proximity. You eliminate the poverty, you eliminate crime in the black community, 85, 90%. But that's not what they want because they're making money off of our suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. One meme pretty much opened my eyes to this. I probably saw it maybe like six or seven years ago. It was a it was a great white shark, and when it was and it was a, a like a sea diver, and it said, "Here's a picture of the world's greatest killer." 
and here's a picture of a great white shark. That's right. It was a white man and a great white shark. Look, man, everywhere white people have, and I don't want to sound like Farrakhan or none of that shit. I'm a scientist. I'm not a religious individual, especially right. with believing that people are worse or better or worse than other groups. I don't believe none of that shit. There's no evidence for it, to be frank. But everywhere white people have gone, they have brought death and destruction. Everywhere to the to the to the yeah. country, to the popular, yeah. to the to the every single time they have never gone anywhere where they hadn't destroyed or tried to wipe out damn near everything that was already there. Yeah. And hey, you know what's crazy? In the majority times was in the name of freedom and religion. Right. And right. patriotism. And pa that's right. Yeah. So the mission they send the missionaries with the Bible and the people had a land. But after the, all the smoke clears, the people had a Bible and the missionaries got the land. Mm. Africa, hey. Europe, America, everywhere they have Central gone. America, everywhere yeah. they have they were unsuccessful with the Chinese. Yeah. Uh, the British got a hold of Hong Kong, but they they couldn't get the rest of the country. Uh, uh, somewhat unsuccessful, I guess you could say, with the Japanese in World War II. There was some occupation and whatnot, but anywhere else, uh, look at Australia. It's the, the the indigenous population is just in shambles. And you know what's crazy is like someone would hear this podcast and hear us making these statements and they'll take they'll omit 99% and hang on to one thing and take that out of context and be like, well, they don't like white people. No, fam. This is this is documented truths. These are That's historical right. events. That's this right. stuff, we're not making this up. This didn't just happen right out of nowhere. That's right. This isn't like I'm just emotionally venting. This is like I'm I'm emotional about a historical truth. Right. Right. The British Always, is, everything we say it's it's been documented in American history. That's Period. right. The the British Empire is responsible for most of the hell that didn't took place on the earth. Cruise if we days, just gonna be honest, man. yep. India, Hong Kong. I mean it but we look at Hitler. We mad at Hitler for the you know his eleven years or whatever that was. <laughs> A small run. That's a small. You had a small run. run that's crazy. But that's crazy, dog. You know even to this day, Germany doesn't idolize Hitler. Wow. You can't even. You can't even have. A, you can't even have a Nazi flag in Germany. It's a penalty. There's a penalty. Jail, fine, whole nine yards. You know but, what they use? We got people of, with the fucking clear Confederate flag. Do you know what they use instead of a Nazi flag in Germany what? to represent Nazism? What? Confederate flag. I'm yo. I'm, I'm fucking done, man. Look it up. I, hey, it's it's the information's out there. They use a Confederate flag instead of a Nazi flag because they go to jail for the Nazi flag. You know, you open my eyes to something because I remember growing up, and and I and obviously like. Hitler's a piece of shit. He's a scum of Obviously. the earth. Right? Yeah, like, no, no question. Yeah, nobody's saying that. But this was, I think this moment was the first time in my life I actually looked at it. It was like, like when I was growing up, Hitler was the epitome of evil. That's how they That's built right. him. That yes, was like sir. the whole marketing for him, right? Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And I never realized that the country that was telling me that it's actually done way more atrocities over way longer of a time period. Like they, America has killed more people then Hitler could have done in like 20 lifetimes. And what's crazy, they killed more people of each race. 
Oh, man. The black, entire, almost the entire. More Native Americans? 90%. 90%, dog? That's an A. 90%? You killed 90% of an entire population wow. of people? Wow. From one coast to the next, 90%? And then got the gall to march the other 10% on the Trail of Tears? Come on, man. Wow. I don't want to hear nothing about nothing. Wow. All right, man. I got. I can't. I can't. We we gotta. We gotta cut. Uh, this, I'm getting this, <laughs> too, too much. Too much. Too much at one time, man. It's hard, bro. I. It is. I love y'all, dog. Like if I don't. If I don't tell y'all that enough, Mike. I love you, bro. J. Rock. Yes, sir. You, man, like it, it's. <sighs> wow. And I'm raising kids. I got kids coming into this bullshit. Like this is well. Let's talk about that for just a few minutes because I can see the stress. All you can do is is teach them how to love everybody they come in contact with. Yeah. Be honest with them. Let them know what's really going on. And the thing that's going to conquer all of this is us caring about each other, regardless of what we look like externally. Right. When I see somebody white that need help, I'm helping because that's a human being, regardless of whether they understand. Uh, power dynamics of this social construct that we call racism. Right. That shit don't matter to me because what I, my hope is that because of that act of human kindness, they look at somebody who looks like me differently than they would have before. Right. And really that's what the shit going to take in conjunction with all of this other stuff, like all of this stuff. It ain't just Absolutely. one fix to the problem. We got the, when you, <laughs> when you build a house, you just don't use one tool. You got to use several different types of tools to get the yeah. job done. And that's right. what we got to do here. And that's yeah. one of those components that everybody can do. It doesn't cost anything to be kind to anybody. Right. So I think if you teach them that, uh, teach them awareness, uh, the, the, the beauty of their blackness, how powerful it is and how much people are afraid of it. Uh, but that love can conquer those individual interactions. You might have touched somebody's heart that have a, a tremendous amount of power and affected the way they see the, the, the world for the rest of their lives. Uh, from those individual interactions. If you do that, you, you know, raise them to be smart and follow directions when necessary and, and resist when necessary. Mm -hmm. They're going to be all right, man. Yeah, because it, it, it's hard to hate somebody who you know. That's right. Yeah, It's easy to to, to hate a faceless monster, bro. That's right. Once you know somebody. That's right. You better work. Yeah. Hard that's, right. That's, that's right. That's right. And the, 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 the way that I... Cause I told you I go to bed angry every night and I have to remind myself uh, that the goal of all of this is to see myself and everybody I come in contact with. Cause I love me. So mm. if I can see me and everybody, then I can immediately treat that person well. Yes, sir. And hopefully they can see themselves in me and we can meet on a human level. Is if we can meet on a human level, all of this bullshit that we just talked about don't even matter no more. Right. And now they don't have no problem coming to the Black Lives Matter rally. They don't have no problem checking other white folks when they say something crazy. They don't have no problem raising their kids to love everybody and to hate racism, fight against racism. They have no problem doing that because now they're doing the human thing. They're not doing the black thing. They're doing the human thing. So. Yeah. Shot one of Clues Bonds from Mike. <laughs> Yo, he hundred percent right. Because even if we look at Black Lives Matter, we fight for everybody. That's exactly right. If we look right. at 
white people who's been killed by, by officers who've been detained incorrectly, people in the LGB, TQ, L, LGBTQ right. plus. That's right. Got it right. That's right. But um, the focus isn't on that. Because mm-hmm. if you focus on how we love, it's hard right. to hate us. Right. So. Wow. So those are my two cents on, on that. I appreciate um, that. You know, I needed I'm that. All, and I'm always here to help. You know, I'm always here. Whatever I can do to help. And any, you know, this is what I do for a living. So y'all, anytime y'all need help with that. Uh, and then your wife is a teacher. So, you know, they're going to be well educated. So, yeah. You know, y'all in the game. Uh, if you do that, teach them y'all love. Easily pass a, pass a third grade reading level. Right. Without <laughs> question. <laughs> Without question. They're going to be hey. over there moving shit with their mind. <laughs> Yo, no lie. One thing I love about being a black man, even even in the darkest moments, we find some way to laugh. Like that, that oh, is. Man. You got to. It's going it's yeah. to happen. It's, yeah, th- that's how we get down. Man, we have become so. I watched this movie on Netflix. I can't remember. It was about these cats from the Bay Area doing whatever, gangster shit, whatever. And one of the statements that the guy made in a monologue was slavery slavery taught us how to survive. Mm. If, if we can't do nothing else, we're going to make it through. Right. What we have to learn as a community is how to thrive. Right. But those opportunities at thriving have been taken from us through violence. Right. Yep. Right. So we have to learn how to thrive. And we're doing that. I, I mean, a lot of people say things, you know, things, things are better. Uh, there, we got a long way to go, but things are better. Um, oh, yeah. They definitely aren't what they used to be. Right. Absolutely not. Because right. my mama had to get off the sidewalk. My mama. My mama. If she saw a white person coming, they ho- oh, and the whole family. My grandfather, grandma, everybody had to get off the sidewalk to let these white people stay on the sidewalk. And look down. Mud, horse manure. It didn't matter what was over there. You get your ass off the sidewalk so the white people can stay on the sidewalk because so they don't have to walk it. And then you can get back on after they finish doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And if they got to stand there, stand in line, you got to stand. We ain't got to, you know, those basic things we don't have to do anymore. Uh, but the idea, the ideology on the behalf of white folks still exists. So that's what we're fighting about. Right. So if you, again, teaching your kids to love and be decent and care about other human beings, that shit is going to go a long way. My bad. And my two cents. Good show, y'all. Man, Mike, again, thank you. Thank you, bro. It's always Most a welcome, privilege man. to have you on, brother. Uh, I, I appreciate y'all having me, man. I look forward to it. You are a gem. Protect Mike P at all costs, man. <laughs> like, I appreciate that. Yeah, but I can protect myself, though. So. That's oh, we know. <laughs> we, we definitely oh. know. Hey, by the way, we got uh we got the pictures of the um the the, uh, the boxing bag, the punch bag. Oh, okay, good, good, so, good. Yeah. So when you get ready to put it up, let me know. I'll walk you through it. It's easy, dude. All you need is a drill. It ain't nothing. My God, J. Rock, he's gonna work work with me. So we all. Gonna oh yeah, that'll be perfect. I'm actually putting a playlist together for you on YouTube, and like I said, we'll do uh the FaceTime and and get you all right. And once you throwing that punch the right way, you gonna yeah. be good. My God, my God. All right, man. Let's get out of here, fam. Anything else y'all want to uh, touch on? No, I'm good, man. I'm good, cool. too, man. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us. All right, fam. Um, oh, shoot. Ave is the one that does the, the read. The outro, yeah. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good show. That's wow. all I got. I got, all I got. Yo, I've never, I never, yo, Ave is really important. He know, absolutely. Like, like, when you really think about it, like, he's the closer. Man,
Huh. All right, man. Uh, you know, check us out. Uh, bit dot. Topics, topics, topics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so everybody, if you haven't, if, if you enjoyed the episode, please check out some of our older content. You okay. can look it out on Spotify, Hard Rail, any place that you listen to, um, any, any place you listen to uh, podcasts on. Uh, email us at speakbetweenlines at gmail.com. There's nothing else. This is J Rock. <laughs> Yo, hey, dog, you got to come back, bro. Like, Nobody does reads like like Abe. Like that's crazy. Good try though. Oh uh, yeah, young Red, man. Mike, I'll holler at y'all. Alright, speak to the lines. One. <laughs>